Greetings, future lovers. This is Killstreak, episode 62. I'm Eric Goslin, and with me, as always, hopefully very soon, physically next to me, is Mike Price. How are you doing, Mike? I'm good. Uh, happy 420. Uh, we're recording oh, yeah. on 420. Yeah. We're recording on 420. We're baked out of our skulls. Uh, that's not true. The The most I did today was take some creatine, which upset my stomach, and I took a nap. <laughs> oh, <dear>. uh, <laughs> now I'm okay. <laughs> I, took, I, took, uh, <laughs> I took two hits from a one-hitter counter. It, it seems seems like an oxymoron, I know. Yeah, man. Um, Ripping time-space continuum. Yeah, that was like that was like two hours ago, though. So Was that why you asked to start later? <laughs> no, it's because I ordered Chinese food after I got stoned, okay. and then uh, <laughs> it's gonna take too long to get here. <laughs> gotcha. Fair enough. I was ready to record. I mentally, I was fine. It was just like I need time to eat this crab rangoon. Oh man! Oh, I want a crab rangoon so bad. You had some of that slippery shrimp you recommended to us the other night. Um, mm-hmm. I tried ordering other stuff there from the same place, and uh, that slippery shrimp is the winner. Yeah. Don't even I mean, know what why. they're famous for. Yeah. Don't even bother with the other stuff. I won't give the restaurant's name, though. No free rides here. <laughs> oh, we should remember to co- record a promo. I know that's off air talk, but let's do it tonight. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> cool. Making a note here. Anyways. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. Today we're here to talk about Phantasm 3. Uh, if you haven't heard our previous two episodes on the last Phantasm movies, please go check it out. Last one was very fun. Mike and I had a good time, at least. Uh, hopefully you guys will, too, listening to it. But yeah, Phantasm 3, a little bit of a change of pace in the Phantasm movies. It feels, this movie feels different, right? Am I wrong in saying that? No, I don't think you're wrong. I think um, it's... Yeah, it's funny because it's like, depending on how you want to look at it, it feels a little bit more like the first one than the second one did. It also feels a little bit more like the second one, and then uh-huh. it also feels like its own animal that is yeah sillier than either of the others. It is sillier than I remember it. I guess we can yeah. segue into our blood and guts check, but this was, I don't know if I saw this one before my series watch, which I did a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. I may have seen it when I was like in high school. I don't remember. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this time around, the like goofiness, like I think the intentional goofiness really yeah. <laughs> like was front and center for me. And it was a little bit of a surprise, um, especially coming off of the last one, which was also a little bit like silly in times. But, you know, I think the is- last one occasionally indulged in that. Yeah, this one is like kind of has it more in its DNA. Yeah, for sure. Um, can you hear me? Yes, but okay. I couldn't for a second. Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, trucking on. These this is what recording a podcast in twenty twenty one is like. Um, yeah, yeah. So, blood and guts check. What did you? Th- think about this movie this viewing in your what's your history with this one well i think i am in the same boat as you i had seen one and two many years ago uh and then i think both of us i mean we can just we i think we've uh at least alluded to this but just to be clear i want to say 
three or four years ago uh, on Shudder, on, on The Last Drive-In, hosted by Joe Bob Briggs, they, he covered this whole series. Mm. And, um, and I watched all of them on Shudder for that, which I think is also how you ended up watching all of them in a row, right? Uh, actually, that, surprisingly, no. It was a separate oh. thing. Where I just was like, I want to watch all the rest of the Phantasm movies and watched them all. On, okay. I watched them on Shutter, but it wasn't Joe Bobified. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. So I so I had seen one and two, but the first time I saw three, four, and five was three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say the first thing is when you watch all of these uh, as part of a kind of marathon type experience, they definitely start to blur together. They do. They really do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there were, there were absolutely parts of this movie that I had thought I remembered from part, uh, two. And then there were also things in this that I was, I would have sworn were in part four, Mm -hmm. um, but are, are actually in this movie. Um, so overall I found it to be, oh boy, I don't like, I, I I truly vacillated between being like, do I maybe not like this Mm -hmm. or Kind of being like, wait, this movie is great. It's like really weird and it is goofy, but it's like super entertaining. And 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 I still don't know. I think I need to go through the process of doing this whole episode. Yeah. I decide. Dude, I'm in the same boat. So I, I don't want to rank. I don't want to uh, spoil any of my rankings. But when I did that mm-hmm. series you watch, I on my I kept track of it on my lettered box, my letterbox. Mm-hmm. And um. I won't say anything more than I ranked this one the same as part two. I gave him the same yeah. rating. And this I time think around, that was like, how he felt in my head, too. Yeah. And this time around, like, I don't think, I don't know that's the case. I'm not yeah. quite sure how I feel about this. Although it is a blast, it was fun to watch. Like, it's, mm-hmm. but it's so, so silly and strange. Um, I do want to give a, sh- a like, a, I want to call out that, you know, with most sequels to horror movies, um, and I think maybe this one and the last series we covered are maybe the exceptions to the rule. They don't usually advance, really advance the story too much. It's usually just like, right. you know, Friday the 13th part two is just a new set of characters dropped into that mm-hmm. scenario and then rinse and repeat for the next 10 movies or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. These, the Phantasm, Phantasm movies and the alien movies do actually add something every single time. And yeah. Phantasm especially because it's the same characters through all five movies. Uh, and that is something I really do appreciate about, about this series. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, it's crazy how much mythology building there is in this movie. <laughs> like, it's a crazy amount. Like, more than part two. Um, yeah. I'm reading the Phantasm Exhumed book. Um, uh-huh. And they were saying in that one that this one, if part two was all action and plot, this mm. this one was I mean no the other way around if if part two is all action this one is all right. like lore and plot mm-hmm. advancements yeah yeah uh, and I do Definitely. think that is true to a certain extent yeah totally um it's also it's <laughs> oh boy sorry little chair malfunction hey, four twenty yeah. buddies <laughs> this is sorry it's feeling like a haunted episode already. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, what I was going to say is, uh, what was I going to say? About. Okay, yeah. This movie was intended for theatrical release 
and then Mm -hmm. ultimately sort of doomed to an unplanned direct to video release. Yeah. And I, before, without necessarily even getting into the nuts and bolts of how that happened, it is, I feel like it's a movie that also somehow manages to feel like half the time it is a theatrical film. Mm -hmm. And then the other half of the time, it feels like something that you would find on like, you know, Showtime in 1998 at like two in the morning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I, this movie, not to crib too much into what we're about to talk about, but it had a minuscule budget compared to the last one. And a really, right? Yeah. Like halved, but also a really, really compressed shooting schedule. I think they shot for like Mm. 40. It was originally supposed to be for 40 days. They shot for 46 days. Um, Okay. And didn't have time to to go back and do a lot of the yeah. reshoots that Coscarelli loves to do and did sure. all throughout Phantasm and all of his movies. Um, and I think that shows in the performances. Uh, there, there's a lot of like, man, you could have done it. I know you're a better actor than that. You could have <laughs> done a better, a better take of that. But like, you know, we got to move on. Um, well, yeah. I mean, that seems like a good segue into like, I want to put it to you first because I, I want <laughs> to hear your raw uncut take on this. But like, so this movie features the return of both Michael Baldwin and Bill Thornbury. Yeah. Uh, who were absent from part two uh, as Mike and Jody respectively. And now that it's 1994. And you have two non-professional actors, essentially, in these roles. How do you feel about the performances from these two guys? Uh, I texted you. I think I owe an apology to James Lagrasse, Lagasse, because uh, I, I, in <laughs> our very talked about segment, The Recastaways, <laughs> I said it was a downshift from Michael Baldwin to James Lagasse. Is that his name? I just say Lagrosse. 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 Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. Could I'm be Lagro. Sh- it sounds French. Oh, probably, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure I feel that way anymore after watching <laughs> this movie right after. Uh, I think Michael Baldwin is fine. I think he mm-hmm. is better in Phantasm 1. Um, uh-oh. There we yeah. go. Uh, in Phantasm 1. And... Bill Thornbury, boy, what is going on there? <laughs> I don't want to talk shit, but like his reads are strange, right? Am I wrong? Yeah. No, you're not wrong not to at put all. Words in your mouth. No, I don't. I don't think you're wrong, and I think it's it's like there's a real separation. This was the first movie. I'll put it this way: of the original four main cast members, right? Reggie Bannister, Angus Scrimm, Michael Baldwin, Bill Thornberry. Mm-hmm. This is the one where, for me, Angus Scrimm really started to pull away from the pack, and I was like, he is good. Yeah. He should be, he should be in horror movies. He is a guy who, like, he's an actor, and he definitely is, like, doing what he should be doing. Yeah. Right? Reggie Bannister is very likable mm-hmm. like he's as a very charismatic individual his range is incredibly limited yes but like in this role he is 
enjoyable most of the time. And then, yeah, I think, like you said, Michael Baldwin is okay. Uh, I think, though, like, to almost to the credit of Universal and their, like, casting demands, like, if Michael Baldwin wasn't the actual actor who played Mike in 1979, I don't think he would get this part. No, I don't think so at all. No. Yeah. And then, yes, Bill Thornberry is just fully... Like it's, he's not an actor. It's weird because know? he's pretty good at Phantasm. Yeah, I think he's right. good in Phantasm, and in in this one, I guess he because he effectively retired after Phantasm. He didn't act right. anymore, and same with Michael Baldwin. So maybe they're just out of mm-hmm. practice, you know. But yeah, I'll say yeah. like Reggie's performance isn't wonderful in this one either, and I think he's pretty no. good in two and one. Yeah, he's he's broader in this for sure. I also think that the writing doesn't do him any favors. I think we'll probably get into it, but like, yeah, this is the first movie that makes me dislike Reggie's character. Yeah, times. yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yep. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, it's like, yeah, I think I hate to say it, but it's like Baldwin and Thornberry lend a cheapness to the whole affair, right? Yeah. Yeah, like uh, two other actors really would have elevated this. Yeah. Imagine Brad Pitt coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, like you said, man, I miss James LaGrosse. I'm just like, yeah, he would have been better at carrying this. Also because, like, you know, Baldwin's got the hardest job to do. His character, I mean, again, we talk about, like, the script isn't doing a ton of favors. Like, Mike's character's journey is very confusing. Yeah, I would say it is. And like, and and his emotions are um, hard to determine at times. So, and part of that could be acting, and part of that could be script. Um, it's, but it's you know, it's sounding. It's all of this is sounding very negative. Like it's like yeah. A bad. I was about to say that too. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I like this movie. I like. I like. Don't don't be fooled here. I'm being nitpicky. This is shit that I didn't even think about when I watched it the first time. You know what I mean? Like, it, but now right. we're doing it as a podcast and it jumps out to me. But I, in general, I like this movie. And if you like the first two movies and you haven't seen part three, go watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you enjoy fan, if, yeah, like, like you said, if you've seen the first two and you enjoy this series, then you should definitely see this movie. Um, there are weirdly, like I mentioned, like half the time it feels like, a movie that was destined for the box office, uh, I would say that like the practical effects with the Sentinels in particular, like this is like, it is a natural, like it's an improvement on the last, which was an improvement on the first. It's like, yeah, they're getting better. Um, There's some pretty impressive stuff in here with the spheres. I think maybe not quite as creative as what we get in part two, but like just in terms of like, uh, production value i think they look really good yeah, i think so too and uh no sorry go ahead oh no 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 um but i also i think the other practical effects are pretty good too in in this movie like there's mm-hmm. it, like there's good makeup effects good like kill pretty good kills yeah. um yeah one in just fucking awesome car wreck uh, oh my god that car wreck is incredible we'll talk more about that when we get to it because uh, yeah. that was, I took up a lot of real estate in both of the books 
that we read <laughs> yeah. for this. Um, yeah, definitely. It's a long. Do you want It's a long and interesting story. Do you want to get into why this got part of the reason why this got relegated to directed video? Yeah, sh- sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was it, I don't know if this was part of your your research or something you were going to mention, but the executive who was championing this movie. At Universal, right? I believe it's Universal. Yeah, it's a, yeah, they were back at Universal. Um, died in a plane crash. Yes, like he he yeah. was in like a private jet or something that crashed in Colorado, and then mm-hmm. in typical film exec fashion, the next guy in line who took his job, you know, typically when that happens, not when people die in plane crashes, but when it, when a a film exec gets replaced, the new person kind of shelves all of their projects or most of their projects Mm. and initially phantasm 3 was one of those that got shelved and then later they called coscarelli and was like you know we'll do it but you know it'll be a smaller budget Mm. yeah um yeah it certainly doesn't help and i think that that also went into affecting the planning and the pre-production where it was like they're the stop and start nature of that and also just uh you know it throws off the whole schedule and this whole sort of synchronicity of things and then and then once you get off on the wrong foot who knows but uh i think who knows (laughs) just slowly turn into another podcast (laughs) Um, there's a real deep reference for you podcast heads out there yeah Uh, that's all i'll say um but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm rambling now because uh, probably because I'm a little high. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, so yeah, you have all these things working against them, right? So we have a lower budget now. We uh, we have like switched expectations in the middle of things. We have a new uh, executive uh, overseeing the whole thing, and then when it finally got shot, you know it that was a back and forth too right it when they finished and wrapped it up i think it, as far as i can tell coscarelli was still under the impression that they were going to release it theatrically mm-hmm. and it and it wasn't really until some of the universal people had seen the cut that they came back and said uh this feels like direct to video yeah to us um oh i forgot yeah. i forgot a detail they were going to shoot part 3 and 4 back to back it was going huh? to be like, yeah, yeah. And then once, once that change happened high up, mm. um, it was just the first, it was just the third movie. And I think right, the, the, yeah. the, the, um, probably the fourth movie would look very, very different from what ended up being the fourth <laughs> movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not in Coscarelli's book. So that's interesting. Mm. Um, I didn't, I did not know that. Look at Eric's. Wait, did you take notes on the movie? Because the last time this happened. <laughs> yes, no, I took notes. I just finished the chapter today. So there's some stuff that's st- like stuck in my mind. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I'm glad you're sharing this this cool info, but I'm just I'm having horrible yeah, flashbacks, flashbacks to the last time. I was like, man, Eric is has a lot of input on the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, fuck. And I was that's the only other time I ever tried to record an episode. Hi, Stone. yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> no, it's I mean, Mike, you're supposed to take the story notes on this one. God Jesus. Fucking damn it. You're all- um <laughs> But uh I was looking uh so I guess Phantasm 4 and this is sort of a surprise to me. I guess it really shouldn't be, but 
I want to say the fifth one is shot digitally. Mm-hmm. I guess 98. Yeah, they got it in under the wire. So Phantasm 4 is also shot on film. Yeah. But this feels like it's an interesting time for movies, too, where especially for movies in this genre and at this like sort of budget level, where it's kind of the end of an era in terms of not using digital CGI effects for most of uh, your effects work, right? It's still mostly practical effects. And additionally, everything is still being shot on 35 millimeter, right? Mm-hmm. But with movies uh, of this sort of budget level, by the time you get to the end of this decade, the 2000s, and then really moving into like the mid aughts, it's you, you have this huge sea change where things just flip over to like, oh yeah, cheap movies get shot on video now and then eventually obviously that just kind of infiltrates the entire industry and by yeah you know by this last decade pretty much everything gets shot everything on is, video. yeah 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 so i found that 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 was interesting too and i think it it does work in the favor of this movie i think that you know thinking about some of the things that i don't love about oblivion and especially about ravager it's like there is there are thoughtful clearly carefully made uh practical effects throughout this movie and i think that it still looks pretty good pretty good Um, yeah it's you know it's i i my complaint carries over from from phantasm 2 everything's still a little too well lit for my taste Mm. but i sent you a trailer Mm -hmm. uh online this is this was in after last week's episode came out i uh because I was putting the the sound for the Phantasm 2 trailer into last episode and watching it, it's much, much darker and feels much more moody mm-hmm. visually than the actual movie does, which which made me ask the question, is that does this have anything to do with maybe a, like the high definition transfer of this movie? And I don't know if you had given that any thought. Yeah, I thought about it because, yeah, the footage in the trailer looked much darker, moodier. I mean, uh, some of it was obviously like it just was a YouTube video that was old mm-hmm. with like yeah, uploaded yeah. from who knows where, but also it did look like kind of more of what you would want from. Right. Yeah. From, from phantasm too. <laughs> and this one I did think was a little bit moodier and darker than, yeah. than but still there's still parts of it that I mean, straight up just look cheap, you know? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of cheap, uh, to answer a question that also came up in our text thread about the score of this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so last week, uh, in my Things That Didn't Age Well, uh, I, I mentioned the the synthesizer score of Part 2, which I was not a fan of. And this film is about 90% reused score from Phantasm. Okay, so then I owe you an apology. <laughs> because the score really stuck out to me watching watching three in, in a way that didn't really with with two yeah and some of the score is so bad well yeah and i think it's and and would you agree that it mostly comes down to that it's just the instrumentation it's, yeah it's just like really just stretching what a synthesizer can do well beyond yeah, what it should yeah. you, what it should be asked to do. I want a John Car like in a, a synthesizer in a movie. I want a John Carpentery kind of like you know. I want it to sound like mm-hmm. a synth. 
Uh, right. Or the yeah. score from the first movie is awesome. But mm-hmm. yeah, this yeah. really like jumped out at me almost immediately. And maybe it's just the fact that it was reused I, I, that like it didn't fit as well. I don't know. I can't really explain why I didn't know, pick up on it in the second movie, but this time it really stood out to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, just a couple more notes. Uh, we have a significant amount of, of new characters in this one, which mm-hmm. I thought, um, I mean, it, again, and we talk about this a lot with Coscarelli. It's like one of the things that I really appreciate about him is that he is not prone to just repeating himself entirely. Right. He, he kind of always comes with new ideas and keeps taking this series in unexpected directions. And so we get like a new kind of Mike, almost a new, a new like tough kid mm-hmm. uh, in Tim, who Tim. we can talk about. <laughs> he ain't Mike. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> he has his charms, but yeah, Tim played by Kevin Connors, who, uh, only ever appe- appeared in three feature films, uh, and two of them were direct to video. <laughs> Pre Hysteria Two. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, and then he does have a role in Pleasantville, uh, which is you know a, a legit studio movie, but the that was that was his last credit. Um, and then I assume he went on to a life of not being an actor. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is. Let's be honest, probably for the best for, and that's not an indictment of his talent. I just mean like as a human being, as a human being, that's that. Yeah. You're going to have a better life, not being an actor. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, we've got, uh, these three characters there, there's a cutesy name for them. Just like lurkers and gravers. Mm -hmm. I think the looters maybe. Yeah. The zombie, like the zombie looters. I've seen them refer to. Yeah. Yeah, so they appear first as live human beings and then later in zombie form, which is another thing we can get into. When did that start becoming part of the series? It's there's I, a lot of new concepts introduced in this one. Yeah. Just out of nowhere. But uh I I got a funny uh there's three of them. One of them, the sort of taller, younger guy, uh his name is Rufus. He's played by Brooks Gardner, who just seems to be a guy who shows up in some stuff. I didn't really know who he was, but the other two, me with my weird en- encyclopedic uh, face for char- faces of character actors database. Yeah. So, so the woman shows up, her name is Edna, and immediately I go, oh, it's the tractor story lady from Seinfeld. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> right? She got... She got well. What is it? She got off the seat of a tractor. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't recall actually. To, uh, Gon- to I think it's like gonorrhea, probably. Oh, <laughs> I was to say Brooks Gardner, who is in some ways the poor man's Everett McGill. Um, mm. He was in Ground Zero, Texas, the Sega CD game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I spoke too soon. Uh, that's quite the credit. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, the third one, the older guy, Henry, played by uh, John Chandler, who immediately I was like, oh, that's the head bad guy from Adventures in Babysitting. Mm, Yeah. Um, Also in like Outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah. He had a lot of roles. um, Never a leading man, you know, just kind of showed up in a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then and then our biggest addition to the cast, arguably, uh, is Rocky, played by Gloria Lynn Henry, Mm -hmm. who similar to Kevin Connors has only like four 
or yeah, four feature film credits to her name. This is her first one. Um, she has a small part in The Devil's Advocate, and then she does come back in Phantasm Ravager. Mm-hmm. She um, does, which is fun. Spoiler. Yeah, spoiler there. Yeah, spoiler. We say spoiler because we respect you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I think there's stuff that'll come up uh, as we're doing it that'll spark my memory. Um, yeah. But yeah, in terms of the making of uh it was it sounded like this more than the others was a very difficult shoot and Coscarelli mm. himself was pretty distracted with just like the you know just he had to take on more with this and move fast yeah. and they had technical yeah. problems so he wasn't you know there's one scene that Michael Baldwin talk com- complains about his performance and he's like you know that was Don wasn't on set he was like figuring out some technical thing and if he if he was there he would have fixed it but yeah yeah Yeah, because coscarelli was shooting a lot of this like operating cameras at various points in time Mm -hmm. like obviously he's the writer he's the director and the thing you got to think about is you know so the first one was independent and it was you know pretty run and gun but they also shot it over the course of years yeah right the second one um you know, got shot in a much shorter timeline, but that was a larger studio production with a bigger crew. And so this one is, it's kind of like, like, yeah, he's going back to the sort of more uh, do it yourself kind of approach to things. But like you said, doing that in 46 days is, is a completely different animal. Yeah. 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 Uh, Okay, cool. Well, let's take a quick break and then um, we will come back and recap the movie. Phantasm, the delusion of a disordered mind, a phantom, a spirit, a ghost. For most of his life, a young man has been pursued by a sinister force. Now he must learn the secret of the ultimate evil. Now it is time for you to come back to me. one doesn't scare you you're already dead phantasm 3 coming soon all right we start with a shot of the tall man gripping a a sentinel he turns it around we see his reflection in it. it's a pretty cool shot and mike's voiceover i can feel him watching me He's been after me for years, ever since I was a boy. And we see that Mike is laying in a hospital bed, and a doctor shines his flashlight into his eye, and we just kind of zoom in. Then we go back to the fireside scene we've already seen twice before in the other movies. Um, it's intercut, though, with it's a fireside scene with Reggie and Mike, right. where they're talking about mm-hmm. Jody being dead. We get a little bit of Jody's car wreck in this one, though. 
and it's another yeah. coup de crash, right? Yeah. Um, Reggie told me it was all a dream, and I was beginning to think he was right. And then the ending with a mirror, boy, getting grabbed through the mirror. Uh, and we get some, I think we get some, sh- oh yeah, we get some shit from part two also. Um, Reggie saved me, and we've been on the ro- run ever since. We see the end of two, the tall man getting melted in the white room. But somehow he keeps coming back. And all of a sudden another tall man steps out of the portal. So yeah. there's just like an endless supply of tall men. Which is not great. It's bad news. It's bad news. As much as I think we've destroyed him. Uh, we must remember that we can't trust things. We can't. Uh, that. Wow. Okay. Fuck that lineup. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> we see that ending with alchemy and Reggie in the car. Nothing's ever as it seems. Title card. We get then we kind of continue right where part two left off, only with Michael in the uh, mm-hmm. in the in the mic roll. The hearse stops on the road. Reggie falls out all bloody. He collapses against the window. The reverse shot, we see Michael Baldwin in the car. Um, and then Reggie kind of watches as the hearse careens down a corner and explodes. He runs up to the to the hearse. A dwarf is eating Liz's face. R.I.P. Liz. <laughs> I always uh, apparently she had retired from acting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As every actor who has been in a Phantasm movie, except for <laughs> Reggie Bannister, has done. Yeah. Uh, and she didn't want to come back. And I hate I hate dispatching characters in horror movies this way. It's just yeah. like it's that like, oh, it's the first scene of Friday thirteenth part two where Alice or whatever her name is gets killed mm-hmm. in the shower. Uh I mean, at least when they come back, you get like that brief moment with them. Uh-huh. The worst this is the worst when it's just like Oh, yeah, we'll just use a body double and then kill them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Reggie picks up a log to smash, smack that lurker. Hey! Spins around, showing its bloody, ugly face. Ah, come on. Reggie runs. He's scared. He trips over Michael. And what's this? His quad shotgun's on the ground. I'm sorry, but he yeah. ditched that in the cellar of the uh-huh. last movie. But hey, it's there. Yep. Reggie blows the lurker's head off. There's some more in the trees. He shoots up. Three fall out slowly, one by one. It's it's cool. Yeah, more- but this is like this is. I would also say this is like the first moment of the movie that kind of establishes this more jokey tone. Yes, where it's mm-hmm. where it's kind of like the the pacing of them falling out of the tree is like it's it's like a little Looney Tunes almost. It is. Yep. Yep. That's a good call. Um. More come out of the woods with the tall man. They surround him. One brings him Liz's head, the tall man. Reggie pulls a grenade. He's going to blow up himself and Mike. And the tall man's like, I don't want him in pieces. Well, that's the only way you're going to get him. Then I'll wait. Take good care of him. And they leave. Reggie puts the pin back in the grenade. The back to the doctor shining the light in Mike's eyes. Reggie's in there in the hosp- in the hospital room. Mike's in a coma. He's been in a coma for a couple of years, I think. <laughs> uh, then we get a shot of the tall man sitting in a throne room full of candles. He's staring into a sentinel. 
And this one pops open and there's a little brain inside and he strokes it with his thumb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is just the beginning of the new Sentinel mythology. But one of the things, one of the many, I'm not going to call it a retcon, but like subtle changes in what we are to understand about Sentinels in this movie is like this, this immediately seems to be sort of doing away with that idea that they're just like mindless, literally mindless killing, killing machines. machines that, yeah. That in the last movie uh, tried to kill him and also killed one of his, you know, uh, workers. And now it's like, oh, wait, now he controls them. It's, it's, yeah, again, yeah. Things, things are just, I think, going to get more and more blurry. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And even later on, you find out like what the gold one is and right. that it makes even less sense that it would attack, attack him in the last movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Mike kind of struggles in his coma and a nurse comes in and we think she's she's comforting her him. Um, but she's like talking him towards the light. She's like, just let go, go towards the light. Mm-hmm. She wants him to die. And we see Mike walking down a white hallway. Jody? Yeah, it's me, little brother. And Jody's there. He convinces him to like go back. He's not ready to take you. I'm doing a better job than, than Bill Thornberry, <laughs> by the way. Um, <laughs> and I, at this point, I wrote, wow, the score is bad. Uh, stay away from the light. Go back, Mike. And then the tall man steps in. Bye. Mike wakes up. And that nurse, that kindly nurse, is fully possessed now. She's like evil, looks like grotesque, like the uh, deadites in in uh evil dead right and this is like a whole new this is this is a whole new villain makeup and composition it's like yeah it's just new to this movie with no explanation that now there's also full grown like possessed people yeah 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 it kind of just feels like a lit like i think you hit it on the head it's like closest comp is probably deadites where Mm -hmm. it's just like oh yeah they're just sort of demonized now she's holding this device which is like a, a circle of hypodermic needles with like a spinny saw in the middle, like a sentinel head. She tries to stab Mike with it, but he jams his IV needle in her neck. Just then Reggie arrives in the hospital and he makes eyes at a cute nurse <laughs> who is actually Michael Baldwin's wife. Mm. Uh, she's cute too. Little, little, she's cute. Little cutie. You, know you, you understand <laughs> what I'm saying when I say that? Uh, I think so. But you get what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I, I can't. I, it's making me uncomfortable. I don't appreciate oh, this, this is making you, like that. It's making you uncomfortable, Mike. Do you understand what I'm saying when I say she's cute? Do you? Yeah. Do you, do you okay. All right. Yeah, Moving on. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Mike walks. Uh, he walks into Mike's room. The nurse sprays yellow blood all over his face and into his mouth from her neck. And that was a uh, something I learned in that book. That was a total. Uh accident a happy accident so the way it worked was like there was just supposed to be just a gout of blood like yellow Uh blood coming out but there was like this bladder Mm. that was hooked up to a fire extinguisher full of blood that was spraying but the way it shot it inflated the bladder too much it looked like this big like pustule coming out of her neck and shooting Uh. it uh so that was like wasn't intended to be like that but it looked cool so they kept it yeah it looks good yeah. Um. So she, yeah, he's got the blood in his mouth. 
uh, suddenly the top, she falls over the top of her head just starts like venting yellow blood. Like, yeah, like almost in a mechanical sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, a sentinel pops out of the top. Uh, The nurse like starts jiggling around all crazily. And the sentinel pops out, like comes out of her skull, flies around the room. And then a little telescope comes out with a human eye at the end of it. It like peeps what's happening. Just an eyeball. Yeah. And then it flies out of the window. Uh, Cut to Reggie and Mike. They're in the CUDA. And Reggie's like, all I know is once you see one of those chrome brain drains, the tall man's not that very far behind. (laughs) Brain drains. Um, (laughs) Mike sees Jody like leaning against a tree as they're driving. This is like a late motif of this movie. In all this Mm. movie. In In this series, Mike will dreamily see somebody on the side of the road and they stop. Right. Yeah. Um, so he tells Reggie to stop the car, but of course Jody's not there. I saw Jody. I saw him. The tall man is like reviewing the sentinel footage of like what the eyes saw. Uh, Jody and Mike load up the Cuda with supplies. They're at some house in the middle of the desert. Don't know how Reggie gets this, how it's, I guess it's Reggie's house. It really yeah, just looks like a fucking, to it. yeah, it's like a condemned house. house in the middle of the Palm desert is what it looks like. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it has carpets at least, but yeah. otherwise it seems like a, like maybe a, a like a, like a crime happened there yeah, and then they, totally. they took all the furniture away. Yeah. And then he yeah. Moved, there's no furniture. In. <laughs> uh, the power goes out and they walk into the living room and it, chair spins around revealing jody reggie's like jody what the hell are you doing here you're dead so what else is new (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't really make sense at all um he's like mike tries to hug him he's like you can't touch you can't touch me i i haven't got the juice to stay long and we got to get it out of here fast (laughs) um suddenly the windows burst inward. I'm sorry, Mike. I knew he might like lock on to me. And then Jody turns into a sentinel and we hear like his voice from the sentinel. It's me, Mike. <laughs> Jody, what the hell happened to you? That's exactly how he says it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I was like, wait, is he secretly Canadian? Canadian? Yeah. Secretly yeah. Canadian. Um, Reggie, can't hear what Jody's saying and he wants to shoot the sentinel, but Mike stops him. And just then bright light pours in and the tall man steps in through like a tuning fork portal. It's time now, boy. Um, Reggie goes to shoot him. The tall man like psychically flings Reggie against the wall. Um, Sentinel Jody flies at the tall man. He tries to stab him, but he can't like, he can't bring it. He can't do it. Like the, the tall man won't let him. And then the tall man grabs it and heats it up, or maybe just looks at it and heats it up so it turns red hot and falls mm. dead to the ground. Uh, and then Mike starts floating, and then he, in a daze, he walks in, or he floats into the light, and he and the tall man disappear. Uh, Reggie wakes up. The house is in the middle of the desert. You notice that's, a, I already said that, so no reason <laughs> to read it again. The Jody balls making weird little electronic noises. Reggie picks it up. And there's a burn mark in the hallway where the portal was. And the Jody ball says, Holtzville. 
Um, I also really like Reggie's not doing a great job of talking to this ball. Uh, <laughs> hell, you now I'm think. talking to this damn thing. It's like you know, it is hard stuff to do. Like you're just like sure. you, you can't react to anything. You're just like talking. You're literally like mm-hmm. actors will complain that like CGI movies are talking to a tennis ball on a string. He's literally right. doing that in the scene. Right. Um, so then Reggie finds Holtzville on a map. It's in Idaho, I believe. He loads the Jodia ball up into a bag and gets into the Cuda. Gets to a gas station. Uh, we get a nice shot of that Cuda's engine, the Hemi, mm-hmm. Hemi engine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a old... convertible in this movie. It's a convertible. Yeah, it's different this time around. <laughs> yeah. Now, help me out here because I think I maybe forgot, but does does an ill does the one in in, in two get destroyed? I'm forgetting. I'm yeah. also forgetting. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, oh yeah, it must. It must actually. Yeah, it does. It crashes outside of this, like uh, before the final confrontation. I think they crash on the street because right. the hearse okay. sideswipes them. That's right. Yes, and it does. There's a big role in that one, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Not nearly as big as this movie, but um, I think a similar stunt. Right, so he's just gone out and he's gotten a new Hemi Cuda, yeah. and this one is a convertible. Um, how much? How much dough does Reggie have? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're worth more now. They've become more collectors' items, but I feel like even in 1993 or whatever, this is like a thirty thousand dollar car, probably. Yeah, yeah, and, and Reggie's an an ice cream vendor who hasn't worked in years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not spending the money on his house, you know. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he's living. He's not living above his means, I guess. Uh so yeah, there's an old coot at the uh, gas station with a baseball bat. Reggie asks about Holtzville. You don't want to go up there. Toxic spill a couple years back. Reggie drives off. And do you notice the sign that he that he drives by? No. At the what? gas station, it says Beretta nine millimeter. Double action, Colt Trooper, three fifty seven mag, Q tips. <laughs> I think that's what they sell at the store. Nice. Uh, Reggie drives by the Holtzville sign. The population's crossed off, and somebody wrote zero in red paint. <laughs> um, the town's totally abandoned, like we've seen previously in other tall man ravaged towns. Mm-hmm. Reggie looks around. He's like walking around. He sees this babe looking in a car. He's like, what are you doing here? Are you talking to me? It's Edna. Her name's Edna. Yeah, well, I'm just helping trailer. myself. This is the gonorrhea lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just helping myself. These people left all, all this stuff. And then she pulls a gun on Reggie. They kind of struggle with it. It, shoot, it, sh- it like shoots off into the sky. Then a couple of other goons, Rufus and Henry, are right behind her. They look completely ridiculous. They're not dressed like human <laughs> beings. No. And this is, I mean, and again, like, I want to be clear about something. This all sounds like criticism that's making it seem like this is a, a movie I didn't like. And what it is, is I want to be clear that this is, this is slowly transforming into, like, it's like a late night movie. It's yeah. like a fun, silly, enjoyable but it's like harder and harder to take it seriously, I guess yeah. is the way I would put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, because these guys are dressed like villains in like a problem child movie. Yeah, they are. Or yeah, I was thinking like they're dressed like the people who want to take away the the uh like performance center from like a group of black youth in the inner city or something. You know, like they're like the rich hicks from Texas with the big oil right. money. You want to? Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, and that's a good way to put it. This is turning into a late night movie. Late night movie. Mm-hmm. Where's the, <clears throat> you know the other ones are to an extent not so much one but like yeah this is like something that would be i would watch on joe bob briggs monster vision on usa it would be on monster vision who knows like if it had more boobs in it it would be on usa's up all night or something to that effect. and i like those movies so that yeah it's not a criticism it's just different yeah yeah exactly um so yeah uh, so yeah one of them like Rufus is wearing like a blazer over a red shirt with like a money symbol, Flava Flav kind of necklace. <laughs> they look ridiculous. They're going to take Reggie outside of town and put him in the ground. So they load him in the back of the Cuda. Their ride is a pink hearse. Um, They end up driving out to this town. I'm sorry, a house. Oh, I bet there's lots of good stuff in there. Um, Then on the way in, they see some like graves. Uh, dug into the lawn and they look into the window and there's two old people in chairs. Huh, just a couple of old folks, that's all. They get inside, Rufus shoots one, its head explodes, it's just a dummy and then a fucking puppet head alarm hanging from the ceiling like a light bulb. It's like a marionette head. It's like, you're in yeah. trouble. You're in trouble. Which, like, for what comes next... And who's uh-huh. revealed who it is that's doing this? He must be a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this is this is we're living in a post Home Alone world now. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So Rufus is going to go up the stairs. And he notices a clown with knives sticking out of it, hanging from the ceiling. It swings down on a rope and narrowly misses him. And then, who we later find out is Tim, a kid. In this weird fucking mask and red hoodie, runs out. The other guy, Henry, grabs him. I got me a little rug rat here. Don't hurt him yet, Henry. Let's have a little fun with him first. Don't know what he means by that. Hopefully, it's not one of say. Um, the kid jams a tomahawk into Henry's leg, and then he throws it. Rufus ducks, but it nails Edna right in the forehead. She falls down dead. Yeah, so this kid just murdered a, a grown woman. Straight up murdered a grown woman. Yeah. Um. He runs off. They go outside, and he's standing there. He pulls out a fucking hard ticket to Hawaii-style Frisbee. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? <laughs> I have not it seen is hard this frisbee. Everybody who is within the sound of my voice, go watch Hard Ticket to Hawaii. I think it's playing on Amazon Prime. I might be wrong. It's directed by Andy Sedaris. It's just a total TNA flick uh, action movie. But there's an incredible scene with a razor blade frisbee. Mm. Anyway, he throws the frisbee. It slashes Rufus's neck. Henry goes. It's not the best effect. It's not. He kind of like leans back and it it exposes Mm -hmm. the muscle underneath. But there's no real blood squirting out. Right, right. Um. Henry goes for his gun. The kid straps on his gun like they're like about to do a standoff. And then Henry steps forward and he falls down into a pit. 
And then we get this like fucking brutal wide shot of the kid pointing his gun down into the pit and <laughs> I guess fucking killing Finish Henry. Finishing execution this style <laughs> it's fucking cool it's like it reminded me of that scene in a house of a thousand corpses where like the sheriff yeah. gets killed oh <laughs> like those, those shots are always pretty effective for me and then reggie starts banging from the inside of the truck and then he convinces tim to let him out tim and reggie bury the bodies um tim tells a story about how the tall man got tim's family um and then these the graves scavengers tried to get them uh and it's sundown they better get inside because those things he calls them lurkers they only come out at night so there we go we're, no, we're naming the dwarf creatures yeah. lurkers and this is the first time and maybe the only time that happens yeah yeah uh tim tells reggie about how he's uh been on his own since his family died Oh, I'm sorry. I got it mixed. Reggie told told Tim mm. about his his family. Now Tim's telling him about his family. Right. Um, his father was sheriff. He was one of the first taken. And when then uh, we get to watch this in flashback. We watch it in it's flashback. Like, yeah, his funeral. Yeah. They didn't cover him up. They didn't bury him. So Tim kind of waited around to see what was going to happen. And the tall man pulls up. His mom confronts the tall man, and then like physically psychically lifts the lid of the coffin and the dad pops out like a zombie demon. Um, and then now they're both inside the, the, he grabs her, pulls her inside the coffin. Tim mm-hmm. jumps into the hearse. The dad's like laughing maniacally holding the mom. She's dead. <laughs> then Tim jumps out of the hearse window. You know how hard it is to jump out of a, <laughs> a window of yeah. a car. <laughs> like, yeah, like I mean, through it, the glass. Right, and this kid's body weight is like he couldn't weigh more than seventy pounds at best. Right, right. If he's like muscular, yeah. And it's but the funny thing is, it looks kind of great because he really. I don't. I I imagine it's a little person stunt double. Yeah, probably. uh, Because like they really take a fucking header out of that back window that shatters and like. Out of a moving car into the street. I laughed uh, when I saw it. Uh, all the while, while he's telling the story, the spy sentinel, that one with the eye, is peeping on him through the window. The next morning, Tim shows Reggie that, or tells Reggie that he can drive. And he really wants to take that Hemi Cuda for a spin. But then they notice the pink hearse is gone and all the bodies are dug up. Reggie like offers to take Tim to the next town but tim really wants to go with him he's like i can be useful and he like shoots you know accurately shoots something he's a he's a real uh dead eye yeah he's he is he's a he's a real badass i think joe bob described him as kid rambo or something (laughs) um in the car tim finds the jody ball and also a picture of reggie's family may they rest in peace Reggie tries to drop Tim off at an orphanage. It gives the lady at the orphanage. I mean, I don't know how easy it would be. This is before we all had phones in our pockets that could access the internet. How does Reggie just find an orphanage in a small town? <laughs> how many orphanages are there? Right. And it's also like, this is sort of like a a part of the countryside, which seems to be 
slowly being decimated, decimated. by the tall man. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's very convenient that he just shows up and this lady's like, yeah, I've just been taking in all these orphan kids. Yeah. I almost read it more that way. It is. But yeah, that is, is that is what sign? it is. No, is I guess. A sign? Okay. I guess not, but it's a big leap for Reggie to. Right. Or to find this, what is effectively a tall man orphanage. It's an incredibly happy accident. Um, so he gives the money, he gives a shitload of money to the lady to take Tim. But as he's pulling away, the lady sees Tim's hiding in the trunk. Reggie's probably pissed. He just gave her like a thousand dollars. Yeah. Also, I mean, this is another one of those like I and I, I, I keep bringing this up in part because I really want to know how in on the joke Coscarelli is because mm. like Tim, they're driving away and the lady's watching the back of the car and Tim literally like pops the trunk open puts his head up and like makes eye contact with her and yeah. then pulls the trunk closed again. And it's just like, just letting you know I'm in here. It's very <laughs> silly. Like, yeah. Uh, Reggie pulls up to the mausoleum, a, ma- a mausoleum. And I, I sent myself a note. So there, I don't know if it's this mausoleum or the next one, mm-hmm. but one of the mausoleums in, uh, that are used, there's two of them. I want to it's read a little first something. Real mausoleum we've gotten, right? The actual mausoleums. They're not mm-hmm. um they're not sets like the other movies. Mm-hmm. This is a quote. Uh we were in the lamest, crappiest, oldest, smelliest rundown mausoleum in America, Michael Baldwin says. It was awful. It was the kind of place where you figure that somewhere someone's breaking the law. You'd walk down the hallways at three in the morning and it would stink like rotting flesh. It was putrid, literally. Ugh. Baldwin was more was more right than he realized as the Angeles Abbey Memorial Park was successfully sued in nineteen ninety-five for five million dollars for staging fake graveside services and burying the bodies in the shoulders of nearby roadways. Jesus. <laughs> this was the place they were shooting at. There was literally wow. corpses like like rotting flesh in this thing. That is Something else. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, so he's in the mausoleum. He's going tall man hunting. He's got his quad gun. Suddenly a sentinel flies up, like kind of hits a door that Reggie's standing behind. They both get knocked to the ground. And Reggie's about to shoot it when Rocky and Tanisha, um, Rocky we talked about, uh, two like African uh, two black ladies, um, Rocky looks incredibly badass she was saying she she was saying like her inspiration was wesley snipes um yeah you can kind of see she is reminiscent of wesley snipes she's also she's got kind of the grace jones haircut yeah flat top yeah yeah um and kind of that uh, general look um yeah Uh, she is a welcome in my mind a welcome addition to the series she's Mm -hmm. uh yeah, her character, I mean, we'll get we'll get to it, but her character is a lot of fun. She's super cool. I love yeah. her sunglasses. Big fan of those. Uh looks like we caught ourselves a fish, girlfriend. Um <laughs> then they're like, we gotta get out of it. We're in deep sh- oh Reggie's like, we get we're in deep shit. We gotta get out of here before and he's gonna say that Sentinel comes alive and then suddenly it mm. flies up. It sticks right into Tanisha's forehead, gives her the old stick suck and spray. 
Got a good gout of blood spraying out, although was. Go ahead. What were we going to say? Well, yeah, you were going to say it was cut down significantly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What I was going to say is also the one one criticism that I will levy at it is that this is one of the handful of times in the series when I don't feel like they go for something unique. This Uh is sure is a very competently done, but pretty repetitive standard sentinel kill. Yeah. Um, with, you know, it's just like, it's not really any different from the one in the first movie. And also in, in, in that same turn, like the, the priest in the second movie, it's just like, yeah, we've seen it at this point. So it kind of was like, I was watching it this time. I was like, how is this one going to be different? And I was like, oh, right. it's not. I think we, we get, li- we get different ones later on, but yeah, yeah this is more yeah. of a standard sentinel kill. Uh, Reggie's still handcuffed. They had handcuffed him. The Sentinel flies, like kind of flies around, um, and he, Reggie's able to like knock the keys away from Rocky to try and unlock his handcuffs. And Rocky pulls out a pair of nunchucks and tries to fight the Sentinel. <laughs> Turns out these are her weapon of choice. <laughs> yep. It flies right at her, and boom, Tim shoots it with his gun, and he shoots it until it explodes on the ground. Uh, Rocky's like, what the fuck was that? And Reggie's like, that's uh, kind of hard to explain. Um, so Rocky, he, we get a little bit of Rocky's backstory. Her family just vanished, and she's she's like at the mausoleum, like looking for them. I guess uh, <laughs> she's like, I'm not letting no no flying Christmas tree ornament back me out of here before I do what I came to do. I don't know what she really is there to do, but she's there. Yeah. It's not clear, but flying Christmas tree ornament. I was like, yeah, that's a good, it's a good way to describe them. Honestly. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so Reggie decides he's going to let Tim come along with him, and even lets Tim drive. <laughs> so we get a <laughs> quick shot of Tim driving the Cuda and he literally yeah. yells, yeehaw. <laughs> this is literally a car that we were talking about on a previous episode is dangerous to drive because of the sheer amount of horsepower that it has. Yeah. <laughs> My my father in law built a from a kit a uh, uh-huh. <clears throat> a Shelby Cobra, and Ooh. that th- that thing is scary too. It just like has yeah. so much power. Yeah. Uh, later's Tim. Lo- Tim is looking at that dead Jody ball. They're lost while they're driving. He shakes it. He's like, "Hey, I have an idea. We should ask it which way to go." He shakes it like a magic eight ball. He's like, "Which way should we go?" And it kind of like slams against the window, pointing the way. Um. Oh, the, the Rocky. Had, they had parted ways. I didn't make that clear. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but not for long. She probably should have just came with him because now she's on the side of the road. <laughs> and it's not entirely clear why we have to go on this little walk in the movie. It's like, yeah, what did we gain from having them go separate ways for three minutes? Exactly, and it happens a couple times where it's just like, oh, they split up, and then like the Jody thing where he disappears from the side of the road, then he appears in the house. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. well, maybe just if you cut one of those, it'd be fine. Um, right. So they pick her up. Reggie tells her their mission, searching for the bastard that has their friend and wiped out her town. Rocky's like, picture that. The three of us facing down the forces of evil. Reggie's like, you got something better to do? Kind of makes sense. Kind of doesn't. They're heading east to Idaho. The next town is Bolton, home of the Spring Apple Festival. 
in the largest gothic mausoleum in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is this is around when, uh, Mike, you alluded to this earlier, when we start mm. to not like Reggie as much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, get okay. to a Reggie's hotel, a motel, Holiday Inn. Um, and Reggie's like going to, inside to get the, get the room and the guy's like twin bed or single queen. And he yeah, looks back. Twins. You can get two twins, two twins. Yeah. Two, sorry. Two twins or a single queen. He like looks at the car. He's like, uh, give me the queen. And then, he, um, the guy warns him not to go to Bolton anthrax plague wiped out the sheep farm. I'd stay, stay the hell away from there if I were you. Uh, he gets back to the car and he's like, damn, our luck. All they had was a single room with a queen bed. You wouldn't mind sleeping in the car, would you, Tim? <laughs> and Tim's like, oh, do you want the front seat or the back seat? He's like, no, nah, I'll sleep inside with, with Rocky. <laughs> and like yeah. Tim. And it, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go. I would say he's also like telling Tim like behind Rocky's back, like, no, don't. In Rocky's, yeah. Rocky's like, hey, you should come in. You can like, at least sleep on the floor. He's like, no, no, no. Right. Wildly gesticulating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at this point, like, to be clear, like, it's already trending in a in a bad direction. But it like you could you could forgive it. It's it's just kind of like classic 90s comedy stuff at this point. Like somebody. Yeah. 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 Just trying to, like, line up uh, an opportunity to to try to make a move. Um, but yeah, then it then it continues. <laughs> it continues. He's getting really creepy as they get into bed. Um, she's like, you're sleeping on the floor. He's like, oh, that big bed. There's enough room for the two of us. Come on. He gets into bed with her. He's wearing this checkered muscle car shorts. <laughs> <laughs> They're cool shorts. He starts like coming on. We're like rubbing her, her shoulders. Like, come on. You know, we're just out here. Ever try vanilla? <laughs> And then she's like, didn't I tell you dairy products give me gas? Um, so that doesn't really make sense because <laughs> he doesn't say vanilla ice cream. Just vanilla, right. which just is not vanilla. a dairy product. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> that's, the, that's the logical leap that most people are going to take. I guess so. It's like, yeah, vanilla or perhaps a yogurt. Maybe it's like a vanilla <laughs> yogurt. Like a, a Greek uh, yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think this is pre-Greek yogurt. Oh, you're right. I mean, except you're right. For maybe in in Greece, I bet they had it, but not not stateside. Yeah. Um, no, this is definitely yeah. like a Dan and Yo Play situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little foil top. Uh huh. Mix the fruit at the bottom. Maybe not even yeah. that at this point. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> then she's like, she pulls out some handcuffs. She's like, all right, we'll do this my way. Cuffs him to the bed. Sweet dreams. <laughs> Leaves him there with his. He even looks down at his dick. <laughs> Aww. Sorry, Aww. man. <laughs> Better like next time. Yeah, he gets kind of pushy. It's not fun. It's not, it's not fun. Yeah, because she's like, yeah. no. And he's like, oh, come right. on. Yeah. But anyway, it's, yeah. It, it was a different time, I guess. It was a different time. Certainly. Next morning, they're lost again. They're lost again. Um, and then they see three hearses drive by. Driven by those gravers, they follow. Uh, they follow the hurt one of the hearses, and it takes them to like this parking lot that's filled with hearses. 
Um, then a graver ri- like rises up and grabs them through both sides of the window, two like two of them, and they end up driving off. Um, then they're camped out outside. Rocky's like, it's going to be a cold night. And Reggie's like, yeah, they say the best way to keep warm is to pack two bodies in a bag. Dream on, Reg. Yeah, and it's just... Uh... It, it, it just it, it's a little too it's a little too dominating his character right now that he's just like trying horny. to yeah because it you know he's always been a little horny at least certainly in in two he was but it worked because yeah he had a willing partner who was like into it you know yeah yeah she was into it and she kind of like uh you know I almost initiated and uh uh-huh. and it's like and it was fun and now it's like yeah I just they I mean it's funny because it's you know in in real life you go yeah just leave her alone and when you think of it as a movie script you go why don't can we just write her to be in into it yeah so yeah, then exactly. so then we don't have to do this this creepy little dance you know that's my big complaint it's like how about they just uh, are horny for each other and it kind of it gets creepier because. Reggie starts dream. Uh, they're sleeping, and the Jody ball flies up and hovers over Reggie, and he starts dreaming about having sex with Rocky. Right, and then, and again, it's like this is, and this is, this is my beef. I know this is me, but you know that I've in the past I complain about like certain dream finding out things that were a dream sequence, like in movies, can be frustrating. Yeah, or like movies where someone has imagined the whole. Thing because it's like it's already made up it's already a movie so just like have it be real like, yeah and or that's how i dreams, feel about this yeah have this dream sequence happen in in the hotel room or something to right. make us be like wait is this really happening and then no it's just reggie dreaming haha mm-hmm. yeah but um so reggie's dreaming they're having sex and he's like doing her from behind and we she's like real into it and then they kind of move we out of the get, way. And we, we see get some, Jody. We get a little nudity. We get a little nudity. We see yeah. Jody's just back there watching. <laughs> he's in a he's in a chair, like a reclining chair. He's like <laughs> he's got his hands up on the arms, like he's pretty comfortable. <laughs> he's wearing like a leather jacket or something too. It's really funny. Yeah. Um, uh, really highlighting his. Um, his hairline that for some reason continued receding after death. <laughs> <laughs> so Reggie's Reggie's like, uh, Hey Jody, what's going on? <laughs> and Reggie's like, Reg, I need to talk with you about a few things. And Reggie's just pumping away the whole time. <laughs> yeah. To like, not an exaggeration. He is like doing thrusting motion. <laughs> yeah. Jody disappears. And then Reggie's like, ah, come on. He buckles up pulls his pants up his pants are never very far down <laughs> they're always like like really quick axis um yeah, yeah. And he, he steps out of the motel room after jody and then he's in the middle of the desert suddenly and jody's standing there reg we need to get mike now hey where the hell are we i don't know man somewhere in your mind and then <laughs> jody's like or reg is like oh it's a dry lake bed i came here as a kid uh, Jody turns into a ball, flies off, and it turns dark. And he makes this like laser hallway out of like blue lasers, I believe. And it's like there's like a portal at the end of it, like the two tuning forks are at the end of this like yeah. laser hallway. 
and Reggie jumps through it, and all of a sudden he's in the muse- in the mausoleum, and there, it's like illuminated by green lasers. And especially, uh, apparently, this was all like practical stuff. They have mm-hmm. like a, they have like safety meetings and shit about like you know because you can't look at these things and they, and they get them in yeah, your eyes. Yeah, these are these are like concert lasers, like. Yeah, uh, not not dissimilar. We talked about this back in the original Alien, like the ones they borrowed from the Who. Yeah, it's like yeah, th- these are the kinds that you would use to like light a a big stage show for a rock band. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so then suddenly they turn red, and this tall man steps in, and he walks up. They like the tall man doesn't see them. He walks up to one of the mausoleum compartments. I don't know what those are called. I was trying to think of it the whole time, but I couldn't. I just call them tombs. I guess tombs. Yeah, it turns clear. And we see that Michael's in there. Um, and this is the thing that Michael Baldwin said that he wishes Don was on set for because he doesn't like his delivery. Because mm. he's like, the, the, the tall man's like, you know the way out. I don't know what you mean. Use your brain, boy. The tall man walks away. Jerry turns back into a ball and then la- like lasers a hole into the compartment where Mike's being held, mm. letting him free. Jody's like, come on, brother, we gotta get out of here. The tall man comes back again. Jody turns back into a ball. Mike and Reggie scoop him up and run. Uh then suddenly in real life, wake up, Reg, wake up. Reggie wakes up at the campsite. Jody's standing over him, shining a red laser. Uh standing over him, shining a red laser through the sentinel. I don't know what I meant by that. Anyway. Then Mike comes through the portal. Oh, he's like making another like portal for Mike to come through. Mm. Um, the tuning forks are even there. And then, you know, they're like, Reggie, you did it once before. You got to seal the portal. The tall man's after me. Yeah. Um, just then the tall man sticks his like head and hands through and then just like kind of puts his head back and it's just his hands. Reggie grabs the tuning forks and seals it, it cuts the hands off. We like cut away, we cut back, and there's just like skin on the ground, like snake skin. Reggie's like, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> We're also living in a post-lethal weapon world. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Uh and then Tim sees something crawl into one of the backpacks. Oh, and he opens it, and it's a hand. The hand has like it's crazy. It's hard to explain. He has like long nails at the end in the stump. Mm-hmm. It now is a mouth with like, yeah, flappy teeth, like lit mouth teeth. And it also has kind of like a tail that resembles yeah. the thing that came out of the tall man's head. Yep. At the end of the second one. Exactly. Uh, it jumps onto Re- Rocky. I'm sorry. Reggie's head. Rocky slices it with a knife. It breaks apart into like smaller finger tentacles. Um, one tries to go up Reggie's nose. <laughs> Finally, Reggie blows it away with a quad gun. Then the other hand crawls up his pant leg up to his, his junk and Rocky pulls out a knife. And he's like, no, 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 no. And he stabs him in the crotch and impales it, pulls it out of his pants, throws it into the fire. And then Mike throws a lantern on it and it burns. Pretty madcap, very Evil Dead too. I would yeah. say, yeah, yeah, and that's kind of this was this was like I don't want to say it was a turning point, but like seeing this whole sequence unfold, I was like, okay, I think Coscarelli has fully absorbed like Evil Dead two at this point, uh-huh. and and kind of just you know who knows what 
but like you know things like reanimator and i who's to say if he saw like you know dead alive i don't know but uh there is obviously this trend that we're you know that we've certainly got into of these more like sort of splat stick horror comedies that came about in the mid 80s and and became more popular and i think this was the moment in time where i was like i think that he has decided to adopt some of that tone yeah for this i agree movie. with you yeah i agree so with i you. do feel like it's not just like this isn't like mst3k territory where it's like this movie is done so poorly and is so so bad that it seems fun and silly it's like no i think he's really leaning into this this is all intentional camp yeah mm-hmm. um so then they're driving suddenly the pink hearse or their headlights behind them and it pulls up alongside of them it's the pink hearse with zombie edna henry and rufus reggie loads up his gun flips a switch the top flies off of the cuda tim and mike pop out of the top shoot at him Edna jumps into their car and tries strangling Reggie. And she get this is a I love this part. She gets shot. This is, yeah. She it's fucking cool. She gets shot in the face with a shotgun, flies off, hits the road, and gets run over by the hearse. Yeah. It's a great practical effect. It I mean, I assume they just used a good quality dummy to do this. Yeah. I mean, obviously they did. But it's like, it looks great. It looks like somebody getting their head blown off and then getting run over by a car. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. It's awesome. And then we get another crazy thing. The hearse hits a rock and flies so fucking far <laughs> and explodes. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the biggest stunt of the movie. Um, it maybe was a even big- a series. Uh, yeah i guess maybe the house explosion who knows the house explosion but i mean in terms of just like uh, all i can really say is that like this is truly an impressive stunt like not just Mm -hmm. not just for like the budget they had and the kind of movie this is it's like if you saw this car stunt in any movie you'd be like holy shit yeah um it's a full-on hearse and i don't i i think i read that it was between the jump itself like from liftoff until the hearse hits the ground it traveled something like 160 to 180 feet. Jesus um, Christ! And yeah, did you uh, did you read about the 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 whole making of this? I did. So the guy who did the uh, stunt and forgive me, I can't remember his name. Bob Ivy. Bob Ivy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was a uh, he was a Phantasm fan, and yeah. um, like got wind of them shooting this. And even Coscarelli had seen like some stunt he had done on a TV show. Yeah, he's previously. a guy who specializes in this kind of thing. Yeah, like sort of like the guy you go to in Hollywood. It's called, I think, a pipe ramp. Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah, and it's like this is his. This is like what he does. Um, and he was like, "Yeah, I, I like, I like, I would love to do it in a Phantasm movie. I'll give you a great jump." Yeah, yeah and, and and like. It was this mutual fandom that like Coscarelli and in Ivy had for each other. So the night of, they're shooting this on like the Mulholland Highway, and the police officer apparently was being a huge dick and was like, "If you drive over the speed limit, mm. which was thirty five miles an hour, mm. I'm gonna shut this production down." Mm. And so they're like, "We can't. If we hit a pipe ramp at thirty five miles an hour." that's not going to do anything. Right. You know? Right. So Coscarelli was just like, fucking floor it. If we get shut down, we get <laughs> shut down. Just, just do it. Just get the shot. Yeah. 
Um, and so he floored it, hits the pipe ramp, and immediately blacks out because of the G force. <laughs> so he's like <laughs> unconscious as this is happening, flipping through the air, flipping through the air. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else you want to add? Because I, I had other details, but if, you, if you, I, I mean, there's to... more stuff. Coscarelli was shooting one of the angles himself, and he was so thrown by the just the noise of it hitting the ramp that he basically flinched and didn't see the shot through the viewfinder and yeah. just man- managed to get it anyways because he'd practiced the move so many times. Uh, it's it's crazy, yeah. So then he get you know Bob Ivy was fine. He was he passed out, but he was a little shaken. But he got out. They got the shot. It worked. It looks fucking great. <laughs> and that cop, Mark Furman. <laughs> um, all right. So the Cuda's front tires are blown, so they're going to have to walk. Uh, and then Mike suggests, let's go hide in that big mortuary. It's the last place he'd look. Uh, they get in. Tim finds this big ass tank full of liquid nitrogen and he opens it up in some like you know cl- we we've discussed this before i don't know what to call uh-huh. it steam or clouds or whatever but some yeah cold steam vapor? comes off vapor How that's probably that's vapor? that's yeah. that's it okay this cold vapor comes up and mike flashes back to the ice cream truck scene from part one and he's like cold he doesn't like it when it gets cold and then Tim's like, shit, what the hell are those? And we see there are just heads bobbing in the fucking liquid nitrogen all together, all loosey-goosey. <laughs> and am I wrong in thinking that this... Does the cold thing pay off in this movie? Yeah, it does. Okay. I, get, I just oh, got so yeah, yeah, confused by the ending. Like him not liking cold. I mean, I guess, yeah, they... To a degree, I mean, it does, but it yeah. doesn't. You know, in their classic... Right phantasm way like everything doesn't matter because at the end they're just gonna put a jump scare out there that right right subverts what you think is gonna happen but at this point it's so predictable that you know (laughs) it's gonna happen um yeah yeah. so reggie explains like oh it's cryogenics all the new mortuaries are getting into it so (laughs) it's a fucking crazy ass way oh so apparently um yeah i'll get to it no i'll get to when we get to i'll talk about when we get to the end this was a fix they had another idea for the ending so okay. when we get there, if I don't remember, remind me. Okay, got it. Uh, Reggie takes watch on the roof. Mike sleeps on a slab in a mortuary. <laughs> and the Jody ball is like on, stuck onto his forehead. And he's like, Jody, teach me about him. I need to know why. So then we see Dream Mike walk into a dark room and the tall man's in there. And he's like creating a work, a lurker. He's like working on a lurker. And uh it's- I just want to say that, like, the degree to which he seems to be working on it would really suggest that there's an insane amount of just labor that he puts into yeah, his, yeah. his army of lurkers and sentinels. Because it's like, wait, this does, this, this isn't going to scale. No. no. A, <laughs> are, you, are you the only one who's doing this? You're Dude, doing this in entire towns? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he pops the brain open and puts it into a sentinel so that's where the sentinel brains come from i guess yeah we get all this voiceover of it's like it's classic mike voiceover of like explain everything yeah um, yeah that He's wouldn't otherwise an army. make any sense yeah uh tim and rocky are heating up beans in the cremation oven <laughs> um 
and Tim goes, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't matter. Um, Reggie's asleep, and then, <laughs> this is fucking great. This is like Dan Aykroyd getting his dick sucked by a ghost in Ghostbusters. <laughs> Reggie's asleep, and we hear some like sex noises, and it's like clear somebody's going down on him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, Maggie, I thought you were asleep. Something smells like burning. And he lifts a blanket, and he's getting his dick sucked by zombie Edna. <laughs> like, wow. Which p- puts you in a tough spot. Cause it does. Like... I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I guess. Okay. I mean, she's like kind of fucked up looking, but <laughs> I, I don't know. Let's hear from you, Killstreakers. Do you let her finish? <laughs> Do you let her finish? <laughs> Do you finish she the job? Just- to, I mean, in an improvement from previous plot lines, she seems game. Yeah, she did it to him. Yeah. Um. So he screams. We hear a gunshot. Tim and Rocky rush to the rescue, but zombie Rufus is standing in their way. Tim shoots him a bunch of times to no effect. Then Rocky hits him with some nunchucks. Getting some uh, quick cutting here. So meanwhile, Mac, Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Is doing something. Meanwhile, Mike's back in his room with a tall man in that room. Suddenly, the tall man like senses him, and Jody's like, "Hey, we should get out of here." And then he looks right at Mike, and then we see there are hundreds—they say thousands—of sentinels hovering on the ceiling. Yeah, it's a cool shot. It's a cool shot. The tall man's about to grab him. Then, in real life, uh, the tall man takes the Jody ball away from Mike's sleeping Mike's forehead. And he says, welcome home boy. Um, zombie Rufus slams Rocky around. He throws her off a balcony and she uses her nunchucks to keep hold. Henry and Rufus bring Tim to the tall man. And the tall man puts Mike to sleep, puts like knocks him out somehow with his magic. Reggie's running around with Edna on his back and Rocky's like yo bitch hands off my boy and Rocky starts fighting her ends up kicking her off the balcony she hits we see like she's all broken on the bottom but it's like at that point like she survived a tomahawk to the head getting shot in the face and run over doesn't look Mm -hmm. that much worse for wear we know that balcony drop is not going to kill her no she'll be back to blow someone else (laughs) zombie edna returns in edna (laughs) takes phantasm uh tim struggles on the gurney he's holding on to the the jody ball which pops out a saw so he can cut himself free he gets out zombie rufus steps in front of him the tall man to mike says uh let me release you from this imperfect flesh that ties you to time and space all that is unknown will be known to you once more. Then he pulls at that drill syringe thing that the nurse tried to kill him with. Uh, Tim slams the Jody ball into Rufus's head and it sticks into his head and starts twisting, just flying in a circle, <laughs> twisting his neck like around. Yeah. Like it's a, a little tapping. hard. It's a little hard to tell what's happening. You kind of got to pay attention to the neck. Like, uh, you know, prosthetic to really catch it, but yeah, it's I a do, cool I idea think, though. I think it's a great idea, and I think the ending is pretty satisfying. But it like for a while, I was like, "What are they trying to do?" Okay, I think I get it. Yeah, yeah. 
He pulls the head off, and suddenly Reggie's right there, and he shoots Zombie Henry with his quad shotgun. Zombie Henry's death is like, it's like okay, he just kind of shoots him off camera. I think I don't even see, mm-hmm. you don't even see it happen. Yeah. Um, they all rush to the embalming room to save Mike. Reggie's out of bullets, but Rocky has an idea. She takes like one of the metal pokers from the cremation room and chills it in liquid nitrogen and then straight up like tosses it like with a lot of accuracy and in power right into the tall man. It's so it's like cold. It's it, and his skin starts to melt, which looks cool. Mm-hmm. And then they push him into the freezer and close it. Mike gets up. He's bleeding. His head's bleeding. Yellow blood. Oh, we see the tall man freezes. And then this is cool. His face kind of like cracks and pops off like porcelain. And then a gold sentinel flies out of his head. And it chases uh, Rocky. No, Tim and it chases Tim. Rocky saves him just at the last minute, pulls out her nunchucks. But then zombie Edna grabs her. And then Rocky ducks just as the golden sentinel flies by. And it just puts a perfectly round hole in, in Edna's head. <laughs> yeah. And this is like, at this point, it's like, oh, yeah, it's full on Looney Tune. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, um, yeah, somebody getting shot with a gun in Looney Tunes just being like a perfect hmm. hole. Right. Um, Mike's looking in the mirror and he like has a flap of skin hanging and he pulls it up and there's a sentinel inside of his head. It's kind of creepy. It is creepy. Uh, Reggie pokes his, his head out downstairs, like into the hallway. The gold sentinel flies at him and he sees his handle of something he's this presumes is going to work as a weapon. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah. He pulls it out. It's a plunger. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> so this is like full on comedy. It flies as I mean, it flies at him, sticks it with the plunger. And then two saw blades kind of pop, like spinning round saw blades pop out on either side and like are spinning. Um, All three of them, Tim, Rocky, and Reggie have to like wrestle with it. And then finally they dip it into the nitroglycerin tank and it dies inside. So the original ending was Mm -hmm. that, um, and I might be getting the order of this a little bit wrong, but they were going to, fly all the way to Antarctica and, <laughs> and bury the um the, or it was the gonna tall be, man. They were shooting in Alaska, right? They're gonna shoot in Alaska, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But it was supposed to be Antarctica, I believe. Okay. And okay. then and bury it in the polar ice caps. So forever entombing the tall man. <laughs> yeah. And a, with a little end quip, right? Do you have No, I don't have that actually. Oh yeah, and the, and like it was it was gonna be a joking last line from Reggie is like now all we have to worry about is global warming. Yeah, <laughs> and so um, obviously they did not have the money to fly to Alaska, so mm. this like I think this liquid nitrogen shit was right. added after to like have that ending. Mm-hmm. A lot less impactful, I think, than burying him in a polar ice cap in, in Antarctica. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so then Reggie backs up and Mike's standing there and his eyes are gold like golden orbs Uh, he leaves and Reggie follows him 
Then Reggie and Mike are in the cemetery. They're like, he, they walked outside. And Mike tells him to stay away from him. He's like, just get away from me. And Jody's standing there. And uh, he's like, Reggie's like, what the hell's happening here? And Jody's like, Reg, don't believe everything you see. Um, seeing is easy. Understanding takes a little time. Be patient, Reg. We'll be in touch. Then he turns into a sentinel and flies off. Then the hearse pulls up. Yep. <laughs> the hearse pulls up. Um, yeah. Rocky's in there. He gets in. Sorry about your friends. Oh, no, no, he doesn't get in. Does she get in? No, she doesn't. He doesn't get in. Sorry about your friends. Yeah, well, it's not over yet. Uh, Rocky doesn't want to stick around. So Reggie said, you know, I'm going to miss you. They hug. You know, we made a pretty good team. Yeah, I know. We'll keep the balls in the air, Reg. She drives off, leaving. She says, keep your balls in the air. Keep it's your like, ball. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little confusingly suggestive. <laughs> so uh, she drives off, leaving Tim and Reggie. Um, and Tim's like, so what do we do now, Reg? We got to find out what happened to Mike. There's got to be a clue inside. And that's like a fuck. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, it's like, well, we escaped with our lives. Let's go back in. Why not? And so in that original ending, Rocky was supposed to die. Okay. Like in, in kind of the way we see what happens with Reg. Mm -hmm. She was going to die. And then they reshot it because she, her character tested so well. Sure. That uh, they're like, no, let's not kill her. And, you know, I think that's for the better. So um, there's got to be a clue inside. And then uh, Tim's like, Mike told me to tell you something. That there were thousands of them. And Reggie's like, thousands of what? I don't know. Beats me. Then they're inside that little back room. And Tim doesn't notice that above him, thousands of sentinels are hanging on the ceiling, mm -hmm. hovering. Yeah. Then he goes into that. It's like some misty room. And the tuning forks are in there. And the nitrogen tank is tipped over. Um, so presumably the gold ball has gone. Um, Reggie goes, he goes back for Reggie. Then we see Reggie's pinned behind, pinned into a corner by the balls, not by his balls, but by the, <laughs> the sentinel balls, by the many um, sentinel balls. Yeah. And then Reggie tells him to run the tall man shout. Oh no. Reggie tells him to run. He's like, it's all over. Then the tall man enters like, it's never over. And then a graver pops through a window that was, I guess was there all along, but we never saw. <laughs> And pulls Tim through just like the end yeah. of part one, and part two really. It's, and this part is two, a signature now. Yeah, mm -hmm. doesn't there work we have it. real well. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I wish the, I wish the ending were a little different. Yeah, both both the endings of one and two, sorry, two and three, kind of do suffer from this like twist, this last minute twist. Yeah. It's like I don't know. Yeah, but I would say two overall, the ending is great. It's just those last moments that are frustrating. Yeah, yeah. this one, I think this whole ending is kind of messy. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. All right, so for deaths, we got Liz, uh, the nurse. Edna, Rufus, and Henry, several times. They die several different ways. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tim's mom and dad, Tanisha. Um, and then I, I wrote zombie Edna, zombie Rufus, and Henry. I guess you could maybe put the tall man in there. And it's not, I don't know. It's not a, it's no sure. melting death. So, no, no. Uh, Mike, what would you say was your favorite death 
of the movie? Um, I think, uh, you know, we already talked about it, um, but I got to go with Edna's second death uh, at the, yeah. uh, you know, the hands of the shotgun and under the wheel of the hearse is the one that got the biggest reaction from me. Yeah, it's fuck that, that that was going to be mine. I'll give honorable mention to the head getting twisted off and sure. pulled off by the Sentinel. But yeah, that 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 one is the one that really sticks out. It's fucking great looking. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh this movie's from 1994. Definitely some stuff in here that didn't age well, <laughs> be it effects or score yeah. or Yeah. Maybe some problematic things. I think you're probably going to know what I'm going to say. Sure. Uh, which is the just the creepy pressuring of Reggie. It's all yeah. kind of light. It's like it's lighthearted. I'm not saying they, like, it, they play it for laughs, but it just it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, this used to be funny. And now it's like now it's, it's not gross. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying like, you know, cancel Don Coscarelli and Reggie <laughs> no. Bannister. It's like, no, nah, it just doesn't really work now. As yeah. it once did. It would be very problematic if you made a new one in 2021 and, and Reggie kept acting like this. Then we'd have a real problem. Yeah. Um, mine, mine is so borderline accident. I mean, I don't think it's an accident. I was watching it and I was like, wait, what? Are you fucking serious? Hmm. Um, And so... I want to apologize, I guess, if I'm creating a sort of boogeyman that doesn't exist. But for my money, it felt weird and very like a pretty tone deaf joke that the that dispatching of the tall man, uh, you have your one black female character. Oh, yeah. I thought about that, too. Yeah. Throw a fucking spear. Spear. Yep. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, even if this was like, and again, it's the kind of thing where maybe if it was an accident at that point in time, no one's really thinking about it. But I mean, it's like rooted in a pretty awful slur that sort of that whole stereotypical idea. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It feels dangerous to me. And it's like the kind of thing that. For sure, whether it was an accident or not, you would hope that today someone would think better of it and say, let's have somebody else do that if we're going to have. Yeah, or or let's just have her thrusted into him. Um, Right. (laughs) Because, yeah, I I had the same thought, too. And I do. I don't think it was intentional in any way. Hmm. Um, Maybe I doubt it, though. But nowadays, I don't. Somebody would have been like, hey, let's. uh." Let's think, let's, let's think about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. There you have it. So this movie, uh, I think all three of these movies have slowly gone down in scariness. Would you agree with mm-hmm. that? I would agree. I think this one loses a couple more points off the last one. Yeah. So how would you rate this in terms of one to 10, 10 being the highest scariness? And I got to go being... one, one's low. Yeah, one's tens high, one's low. Yep, we haven't changed yet the scale. We should switch it up one day. We're just just to fuck with people. (laughs) One is the highest, tens the lowest. (laughs) Or we could go to zero. You know, some scales go to zero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. Pains me to say it, but I gotta drop this one down to a four. I oh four, yeah, 
Yeah, I just, I mean, I'm hard-pressed to think of moments that I was really scared. Like, the movie has plenty of, like, satisfying stuff, but most of it verges on fun, right? Yeah. And so it's like, you know, there just aren't a lot of moments that were, like, usually when they're trying to go for scary it feels a little, it's undercut a little bit by the humor or it's too confusing. So four is yeah. my, it's my answer. I think that's fair. I was going to say like a five, but I think thinking back now on it, yeah, f- 4.5. Let's just say four for the sake of uniformity. And we'll, we'll give, we'll slap a four on this baby. Okay. All right. And then, so finally, Mary fuck kill. Um, we've had a whole recap to think about it. I yeah. don't know exactly how I feel. You want me to go first? I think I'm leaning more towards the fuck end of the spectrum now. I think I think this one's a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fuck for me too. It's like... <sighs> I think it suffers a little bit from comparison to the first two. Yeah. Like, like I think if this movie was just... Oh, like, because I think about other things that Coscarelli has done in more recent years, like John Dies at the End and Bubba Hotep, which are like have more of this tone. It's more mm-hmm. like goofy, wild, kind of tongue in cheek stuff. And so it's like I I'm not I'm not really saying it doesn't work. But I think what it is is it's like it's this is a we're covering the Phantasm series. So it's like if you got hooked on this from the first one, this I would not blame you if you were like this isn't really my cup of tea. Yeah. You know? This is like, the funny Phantasm movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And so but it's again, like I'm trying to remember what four is like, so we'll all know pretty soon. But. I think I think I remember four pretty well, but I don't know. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh yeah. all right. Well, there you have it. Um let's take a quick break and we have a really special segment for the end. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Okay, we're back, and we have one last thing to do with you folks. No, we're not really have to do it with you. We're going to do it with each other, and you're going to listen, and you're going to like it. (laughs) Uh, So one of our famous recurring segments here is Mount Rushcore, where we nominate four candidates to go up on Killstreaks, Mount Rushcore, about whatever topic we choose. And Mike... Mm -hmm. You want to tell the lovely listeners what we're going to be putting up on Mount Rushcore this time around? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Eric. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, <laughs> this week, uh, in honor of the series that we've been covering uh, all month long and will continue to cover uh, for the next few weeks, we wanted to do a Mount Rushcore of words that end in asm. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Ah, so Uh, buckle up, babies. There's a lot of options out there, Eric, and it took me some time. Yeah. And 
you know, maybe a little inside baseball for the folks at home. You know, we, as a rule, try not to disclose our nominations to each other. Yeah. So so there's an element of strategery in there also where it's like, you got to have, <laughs> like, I always have at least one extra in the pocket. In oh, sure. Yeah, me too. One of mine, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so, uh, and this one, I mean, I think in my mind, there's a clear Mount Rushmore of Asms. Uh, and there's... There's a clear winner too. I'd say not that these are about winners and losers. Okay. Yeah. But there's one I think that should be saved best for last. It's about it's about at least one winner. Um <laughs> if it's what I think it is that you're thinking of because Maybe. it's what you're all it's what you're always thinking of. <laughs> what? How dare you? <laughs> okay. Who should go right. first? Uh I'll kick it off. Okay, great. Um, you know, this is something that I think should be seen. We should be seeing more of throughout uh-huh. our daily life. It's a, it's okay. a great, you know, it's just something that we should all strive for. Uh huh. Living exuberantly, and I'm talking about enthusiasm. Jesus Christ, you fucking loser! <laughs> I think we should all have a little bit of enthusiasm for whatever we're doing. You know, I'm not a loser because I put 110 percent into this podcast. Is that? Is that? I'm a loser. Holy fuck. That's so lame. All right, great. Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm goes up on the board. All right. First up on Mount Rushmore, carved into the side of that, that formerly sacred mountain. Uh, Enthusiasm. Um, Well, I uh, perhaps treated this exercise too earnestly because my next pick, my first pick is uh, is a nod to uh, a great film that I love uh, that fits sort of into the kill streak. Uh, you know what is what is it the lane we're in? Anyways, mm-hmm. somehow I got way stoned again, even though I it's now been like an hour <laughs> since I smoked. <laughs> Uh, the word I'm thinking of, ladies and gentlemen, is ectoplasm. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Little little Ghostbusters ref. Um, you know, it fits in with our theme. It, it, it involves ghosts mm-hmm. uh, and goop. And I just think ecto is such a fun uh, part of the word. And, you know, we I grew up drinking that ecto cooler. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. And that stuff was the bomb. Uh so ectoplasm, that's my pick. And I just want to be clear, uh, if, I, if I'm if i going last, uh, I may not pick what you want me to pick, Eric. So, you know. Uh, oh, so you're saying pick. I should pick, put my next. Uh... I mean, if there's one that you're really passionate about. Okay. Uh, then I will also, then I will say my next one. Okay. Um, my final one, I guess, which also involves uh, slime and goop. It's another thing I think we should all be striving for in life. Oh, man. Um, it is what gives us life. <laughs> so childish. <laughs> what are you Surely. talking about? This is something everybody loves. Of course, no, I'm talking about it, orgasms. That's right. Yeah. Orgasm. Right. Orgasm, yeah. Sorry, it's sorry, not yeah. words that end singular. in orgasm. Singular. So <laughs> that's an entirely different exercise. <laughs> I mean, if it, it it just feels good, man, it just sure. feels good. 
Sure. Well, I mean, I think if you wanted to, if you wanted to get creative with the definition, it is truly childish. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. I guess you if you think about it that way, it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, that's a great pick, Eric. It's better than enthusiasm. <laughs> Say that way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. Uh, yeah. I don't want to be a lameo here. But I got to be honest, I looked at that list and I said, you know what? I'm not just I'm not just trying to be a homer here. I do think truly that in the grand hall of asms, I got to put my I got to put phantasm up there. Oh, I think okay. It's a, I think it's a real cool word. It's a it great a cool title word. Uh, of a great movie and a fun series. And, uh, you know, if you listen to last week's episode, you heard that um that phantasm 2 trailer where you get that classic trailer voice defining phantasm and it's like what it's the uh i can't remember you know uh something about the disorder it's a delusion of the oh yeah 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 (laughs) i'm like yeah it's a great word absolutely so so i gotta go with phantasm you know and maybe it's a little bit down the middle Maybe it's a little expected in an exercise like this, but it feels right to me. Well, there you have it, folks. Our Mount Rushmore of Asm is. You want to read them back? Yeah, enthusiasm, ectoplasm, <laughs> orgasm, <laughs> and phantasm. Uh, a, I'll tell you some it's a of lot of fun. A couple of things that, that didn't make the the final list, but I put down yeah. here were sarcasm. But I mm. think there's a little too much of that going on nowadays. We okay. should choose to be more enthusiastic than sarcastic, in my humble opinion. Okay, okay. And the other one was chasm. That was on my list. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about vaginas, though. Oh, no. Yeah. All right, let's end the show. It's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, uh, folks. You heard it here. If you want to come to us for... Phantasm, orgasms, and enthusiasms, uh, and then ectoplasm. Anyway, anyway, let's let's that was great dismount, Eric. If you want, wonderful. Wait, can I try? Sure. If uh, if you're looking for Eric to with enthusiasm deposit some ectoplasm in your chasm, Jesus. <laughs> Look elsewhere, because he's a taken man. Uh, he's for. Or you could hit me up. And hit us up on Twitter <laughs> at KillstreakPod. Uh, yeah, also, go for it. See how he responds. Give it a try. <laughs> also uh, at Gmail, killstreak, KillstreakPod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram as well. Um, yeah. Rate and review us on iTunes. Um, we'll be back to record our next seg- our next episode, Phantasm Oblivion, in mm-hmm. just a day or two in our time. But hey, you'll be yeah. waiting a week. Time gets compressed over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I misspoke last week. I mean, these these movies are available on Tubi, but it turns out that Phantasm 3 was on Amazon Prime, and so is Phantasm 4. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so if you're looking for a no commercial experience and you want to support our bald leader, um, <laughs> then, yeah, you can check out Phantasm 4 Oblivion on Amazon Prime or on Tubi with fun commercials. Yeah, I kind of like that commercial break. You can look at my phone. Yeah, sure. Uh, all right, folks. As 
You have to edit that little bit out because I remember. I forgot. Fucking um, damn it. We were almost to the end. Almost at the end. Sorry. No, you don't. Fuck it. Don't leave it out. Okay. Don't edit it out. Um, I'm definitely editing it out. Yeah, I didn't bold it this time. That's okay. Take your time. This will get cut. (laughs) Oh, okay. Here it is. And as always, let me release you from this imperfect flesh that ties you to time and space. That's a good quote. 